You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kick is indeed live, as live can be. Sometimes when you're live, bad things happen. If you're watching the replay or listening to the replay, you're none the wiser, though. It is still Thursday night, September 2nd, the year of our Lord, 2021, and we're still jam-packed. The joke is, by the way, we had to take a little break because uh, the audio gremlins had not yet gotten on their wheel to run because we started a little bit early. So now they're on the wheel. You hear the squeaking. You hear my voice. We're good to go. We're jam-packed. We got early kickoffs for the show because we have kickoffs coming in just a little while. So we're going to speed through a show, but we're going to get a full show in for you. I got more week one predictions. We did not, as was very well documented in the comments the other day, get to LSU-UCLA. It's because we're getting to it tonight. We did not, as again, was very well documented in the comments, get to Notre Dame, Florida State. We're getting to it tonight. I also have several odds and ends that we need to touch on around the SEC. Some games that we have not given their proper due and a lot of big announcements happening around the conference. All that plus we are adding multiple additions to the Ramen Noodle Express. Sometimes they're so big you have to add additions. You have to be redundant about it. Hey, uh, last time I can tell you now before I head to Charlotte, I'm going to fly to Charlotte tomorrow. We'll be there right there on the ground for Georgia, I about to say Notre Dame, Georgia and Clemson. And it's going to be a really fun time for all, but especially if you're following me on Instagram and Twitter, at Late Kick Josh. Going to give you, you guys always ask for two things. You ask for information and you ask for access. We try and give you as much information as we can. We're going to give you the access to at Late Kick Josh. Make sure you're following. And also, uh, just I got to put it out there because you know Colin will attest to this that I'll forget if I don't say it right now. We have started this show early. Uh, every week one, we have to throw our schedule into chaos because of all the games all over the place. So the Sunday night show, make sure you write it down because it's one of our biggest shows of the year. The Sunday night week one rapid reaction show is always huge for us. We're going to start that at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. That's an hour and a half, according to our math, earlier than we normally do. Uh, So that's going to be a tight turnaround for me, but it's going to be wall to wall. So make sure you're tuned in. Okay, we got games to get to tonight. I mean, I'm just as excited as you are. So let's get this show on the road. UCLA welcoming in the LSU Tigers. I say the home team first and the road team last because I got a quick question for you. Who truly will the home team be here? How do you define home? Is it just like your physical building or is it the team that has the better crowd advantage? Because those could be two very different things. There are so many moments of truth that are about to happen in this LSU and UCLA game. You can go anything from the UCLA fan base being shamed all week for the gross lack of representation in the stands last week when they played Hawaii. You've got Chip Kelly and his staff. I mean, a lot has been expected of that staff. Thus far, they've had very mixed results, but this is a golden opportunity for them. For that matter, Ed Orgeron and his staff got two new coordinators. Ed Orgeron himself has heard the whispers and felt a little bit of heat over you know, the past eight or nine months since a disastrous 2020, you can atone for all that really early on in winning a competitive game. This game could go kind of like the Miami game they had to start the season a few years back. How about Max Johnson? The first, not first start, but the first week one start and the first time that this team is fully his as the quarterback at LSU. And also, and this is a little bit, I think, overlooked right now, 
it is a huge beginning of a 14-day stretch for the Pac-12 because not only does UCLA welcome in LSU here next week, we'll be talking about Washington going to Michigan, and we'll be talking about Oregon going all the way across the country to play Ohio State. Maybe we'll be at that game. Who knows? And it could be that the Pac-12 all of a sudden shocks everyone and goes 2-1 and one or 3-0, and oh, or they could go 0-3 oh because, um, you know, you you get mixed reactions as to who you ask about that point spread on that Washington-Michigan game, but but the other two are dogs. And so they got a chance. The Pac-12 has a chance to make a little bit of a statement early on. But let's talk about this game. So the first thing that stands out immediately to me, I've been waiting to talk about this for weeks now, is I've enjoyed, just like any of you LSU fans have, reading practice reports and talking to people, if you can, close to the program, listening to Ed Orgeron talk. And to a man... Everyone who talks about LSU believes that their run defense will be improved this year. Now, full disclosure, couldn't get a whole lot worse than it was last year. There were several elements of their defense that were just trashed last year, uh, and they, they admit that. So this year, how improved is that run defense? Now, I'm a believer in this. I'm not, I'm not skeptical of this, but I do think if you're UCLA, before you try anything else, before you see what your quarterback can do through the air before you try out anything else. What you got to do is you got to find out if the rumors are true. Those rumors of a much improved interior run defense and just an improved run defense overall for LSU. You got to find out if that's true because I can guarantee you one thing. And if you watched UCLA last week, you know this to be the case. The strengths of this team offensively are right up the middle. Their offensive line, their that ground game, and a quarterback with a running element to his game. Zach Charbonnet is the Michigan transfer. He looked really good last week. I think he averaged like 50 yards a carry. But Brown is another running back they have. They got a one-two punch. LSU's got a one-two of their own. They're hoping that they can count on Saturday night. But my point is, the game becomes a lot more fundamental. The game becomes a lot more easy to figure out if we're watching. And at the end of the first quarter, UCLA's already ripped off 84 yards on the ground, and they're running for like 7.8 yards per pop. That's not a good thing. Uh, Because that really, again, it takes it to kind of an academic level as to what to expect the rest of the night. Secondly, for LSU, you've got to, I mean, well, which way do I want to go here? I got like 14 different things I want to say. You got to make them show you that they can run the ball effectively. When I say they, I mean, if you're UCLA, you got to make LSU show you they can run the ball effectively. Uh, This is the focal point for me, both sides of this game. The state of this entire LSU team this year. And Ed Ogeron knows it, and that's why they focused on it so much. Heavily depends on whether they can run the ball effectively. And that offensive line and the state of that offensive line is another one of these areas where you've got to test the rumors. You've gotten, probably if you follow LSU day-to-day, you've gotten some mixed reactions as to how good this LSU offensive line can be this year. you got some people that would doubt him. certainly doesn't help when you lose Dare Rosenthal. But you can, you can find some very credible people around LSU to tell you, this offensive line, you give it time, it'll gel, this will be a really good unit. Again, depth charts and practice reports do not win you games. No matter how dependable they are, they don't win you games. Uh, players do, in situations, in moments. They win you games. So we get to see it, for better or for worse. We get to see it. So the first thing you got to make and prove on this front is – Find out what Price can do for LSU. Find out what John Emery can do for LSU. You know, they've talked them up constantly. Ed Orgeron has gone out of his way to emphasize the ground game, to talk those guys up, to make sure everybody in the world knows we're dependent on these guys. Well, do they get the tough yards for you? Do they run consistently enough? And also, 
let's not overlook this. If you've got some question marks or two along the offensive line, a pass pro is pivotal in any game, but especially this one for an LSU offense that is still breaking in a fairly green quarterback here. Let's be honest about that. And so there's some fascinating dynamics, but there are also some fascinating intangibles. Let me ask you, you, you can give me your opinion on this, actually. Where are the edges in these three categories in this LSU-UCLA game? What's the home field edge? What is the quarterback edge? And what is the coaching edge as an entire staff? Because I think there may be a national misconception on all three fronts. You see, obviously, this game's being played in the Rose Bowl. You say, check, home field advantage, UCLA. You'll see every bit as much purple out there as you do powder blue Saturday. Guarantee you. Watch and see. Uh, Secondly, the quarterback edge. DTR has been out there a long time, uh, but yet Max Johnson is probably a guy that I think has as high an upside. But the nation doesn't know about Max Johnson. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson has been a name that's been in the kind of college football ether for quite a while. Max Johnson's not. So you may think the home guy is the edge, but it could be that at the end of the game you say, no, the Max Johnson kid, he's actually pretty good too. But the coaching staff edge, this is what I'm most fascinated by. Because you would not go Chip Kelly, Ed Orgeron heads up and go edge Orgeron even with the checkered recent pass that Chip Kelly's had. But I'm talking about an entire staff. And this is where you find out a lot about Durante Jones, the new defensive coordinator hire for LSU. You find out a lot about Pete's, the offensive coordinator hire. There's just so much that remains to be seen. But that's the fun thing about September. Finally, eight months, nine months of talking. Finally, you get to see the product on the field. So let's take a look at what the Vegas line currently is. This thing's been moving around a little bit. And then let's take a look also uh, right next to it at what our model says. So the Vegas line on this right now is LSU minus three. There's a lot of LSU minus two and a half out there. So full disclosure, we made this graphic like three hours ago. That line's kind of been floating around. Remember when this first came out and I told you that this line was going to be under three and I got a lot of reaction about it. Like I decide what the line, I was just telling you fact. And a lot of you were incredulous. You couldn't believe it. And then you swore, I'll bet my entire life savings on it if they release that. Well, a lot of you did. And that line went from LSU minus one and a half to LSU minus four. But look what's happened. It didn't balloon to seven. It's come right back down. And it's either at field goal or a little bit under a field goal. Now you, some of you, some of you took that to mean I was putting a prediction out on the game, which is asinine. If you've ever watched me, you know, I'm not giving you any prediction in March or April, but now it is time to give a prediction. Our actual in-house model leans LSU. It's got LSU minus five. And so I'm looking and I'm thinking to myself, do I really believe they are that improved? Because it's easy to go athlete for athlete. It's easy to look at talent roster and say, oh man, LSU way outclasses UCLA. That is not the way a football game is won. Less talented rosters win all the time. Iowa State does it all the time. And so UCLA can win this game, but LSU will win this game. And I think LSU will cover as well. And I think it'll be very reminiscent of that opener they had against Miami that I think was in Dallas a few years ago. There were cases you could make for Miami. Miami had some athletes. Miami had some edges. But 
they don't play halves. They're making them play four quarters. And over four quarters, I don't think UCLA is going to be consistent enough through the air offensively. Conversely, and I'm telling you this, even if that LSU ground game doesn't take over, there are going to be moments, whether it be Keishon Boutte or whether it be one or multiples of these true freshmen they have, where you're eventually going to go, whoa, it'll probably happen about four or five times. LSU will have enough guys that make you go, whoa, to where UCLA doesn't. I know that sounds very, very dumbed down, but that's how this particular game is going to play out. Athletes will win the game. Athletes will make more plays for LSU. And through a four-quarter game, they will not only win, I think LSU will cover this thing. So give me LSU to win and lay anything three or less. It's not a ramen noodle pick necessarily, but it is a pick that we like. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, let's roll on here. Uh, let's go to the Sunday night game. So we come home from a big Saturday buffet of games, and we're going to do Late Kick Live on Sunday. We'll start it a little bit early, as I said, uh, 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. Why are we doing that? Because of what comes Sunday night. Notre Dame, as a seven-and-a-half point favorite at Florida State, it's the Sunday night 7.30 game on ABC. I get the sense that the nation thinks it has a pretty good read on both of these programs. Probably... If you asked the general college football public, what do you feel about Florida State right now? You probably know it's year two under Mike Norvell. It's Florida State, so they have to have some decent athleticism on the roster. And you got the year one to year two bump. And also Mackenzie Milton's there now. It's probably the extent of what many of you know about Florida State. Now, as for Notre Dame, a lot of you know it's going to be a good, solid program. Any given year under Brian Kelly, they're going to be really hard-nosed. They're going to be fundamentally sound. They're not going to be explosive offensively. They got that Jack Cone guy is probably what a lot of you would say, the guy who uh, was second best at Wisconsin at the end of the day. So he's going to now be the guy who starts here and tries to be Ian Book 2.0, even though their games don't necessarily match up. That's what most of you know about these programs. How much does it match reality? Let's talk about this. I went back for a reference point on this game. And I watched a lot of that Notre Dame-North Carolina matchup from last year. Because what I wanted to know is I wanted to know if I could convince myself that this game, 
has any shot of looking different than that one. And a lot of you remember that one. It was a 31 to 17 final, but it was a game that after a fast start, I think it was 14-14 at the end of one, after a fast start, Notre Dame just grabbed the game by the throat. It was like Notre Dame was trying to grab a snake and the snake was slithering around, but eventually Notre Dame grabbed the snake and the snake had no shot. And Notre Dame just held the snake up and it was really blue, really weird colored snake, but it was done because North Carolina couldn't match up line of scrimmage. And so it was done. And at the end of the day, it was Notre Dame running it uh, 36 times for a little over 200 yards, I think, if you don't count sack yardage. And so they put North Carolina consistently in bad third down situations. North Carolina was two of 12 that day. So does that carry over here? No, a lot of these guys are different players. Notre Dame has a lot of the different players than they had last year. But stylistically, I was trying to convince myself that this game will be different. I don't know that it will be, but I'm open to having my mind changed. Notre Dame is down some offensive line pieces from that team. Now, I was talking to someone who who was informed about this team this past week. Notre Dame, I think as a staff, has gone through a little bit of a cycle since spring. They thought that they'd be a pretty good team, uh, but they probably thought some of them, at least going into spring, were going to be one year away. I think now they believe this team at its top end is capable of making the playoff again. They feel that good about where they've come with the freshmen they're going to start along with the transfer from Marshall they're going to start on the offensive line. They feel like they went two for two there. But also in this particular game, they love both lines of scrimmage. They love both of those matchups, and they don't feel that Florida State has the weapons, the consistency in the weaponry out wide And even if they do, and I'm going to get to this point with Florida State quarterbacks in a second, I I don't know that offensively Florida State's going to be anywhere close to in week one what they're eventually capable of being. So I think it's an advantage both line of scrimmage for Notre Dame here. Uh, I've got a question about the way Mike Norvell is going to handle quarterback. They have not publicized a starter. I believe that unlike the Texas situation where we were just biding our time and we were eventually going to get an announcement, I believe you're going to see both guys. I believe you're going to see Travis. I believe you're going to see Mackenzie Milton a lot. I don't know if it's a 50-50 deal, but I think you're going to see both of them a lot. So the line sits at seven and a half. It was bet down from nine or 10 when it was originally released. And so let's take a look at what our model thinks about this. Okay, so we know that there's been some action on Florida State. I get it. They're honoring Bobby Bowden. It's a night game. It's a standalone game. It's at Doak Campbell Stadium. It's Notre Dame taking some unfamiliar pieces out on the road. Our model loves Notre Dame here. So the Vegas line currently is Irish minus seven and a half. Our in-house model has this thing all the way up in double digits. We are strongly considering handing this out on the Ramen Noodle Express, even at seven and a half. I'd prefer seven, obviously. Uh, This is going to be a personal play for me, even if it is not handed out on the Ramen Noodle Express. Uh, If you see seven, consider that a Ramen Noodle Express play. But we are taking Notre Dame and kind of the same theme as we were talking about a little while ago with LSU over a four-quarter night. I think, ironically, some of the elements that exist that are unique to Florida, all that heat and humidity, that plays in Notre Dame's favor. I mean, it you can market it as an advantage for the Knowles all you want to. Standing up with what Notre Dame's going to show you and what Notre Dame's going to lean on you with over four quarters I don't get the sense that Notre Dame, or that Florida State's got any more of a shot to withstand that than North Carolina did last year. And so I'm going to take North Carolina to win, or I, <laughs> it would be a big deal. I'm going to take Notre Dame to win, and we'll take Notre Dame, and we'll lay those seven and a half points. 
I wanted to save this one, but first, I want to tell you about something. <laughs> Colin gets the joke, and if he doesn't, I'll tell him afterwards. I announced Tuesday night that our friends from Academy Sports have come on board, and believe it or not, after an entire trial run with us, they're still on board. And we're really excited about this, so they'll be here all season long. But college football season, as you can clearly tell, is here. I was at the store today. Now, I was getting stuff to travel tomorrow. But man, I was at an undisclosed local grocery location, and I saw packed aisles, and I saw a lot of people trying to buy tailgate supplies, and I saw people grabbing stuff that they were going to probably have to make another stop for because you could clearly tell that everything on their wish list was not in that one location. And I thought to myself, people, why aren't you at Academy Sports and Outdoors? Because number one, they're our partner, so every one of you should be there. But number two, not only do you have all your grilling stuff there, you got your, you said something the other night I didn't want to, you got your merch. That's what you got. You got all your shirts. You got all your, your shirts and, and hats and you got the canopies. You got everything you need. But also they, unlike some of these other unnamed locations, are the actual outdoor supplier of the SEC and the Big 12. Don't wait in line. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Academy.com. You have all of your wants and needs for anything tailgate-related, anything college football-related, academy, sports, and outdoors. It needs to be a go-to for you this time of year. If you go there and you don't find any of the tailgate necessities you need, let me know, and then I'll take care of it for you. All right, now we can move on, because we have got a game coming up in less than 30 minutes. This is the closest to deadline that we have ever done a game preview. Ohio State is about to tee it up. Again, in 27 minutes, uh, according to my current clock, they are favored by 14, are the Buckeyes, at Minnesota tonight. This is an 8 Eastern, 7 Central kickoff on Fox. There was news from earlier today. If you're just getting home from work, maybe you don't know. Ohio State down three starters. Uh, Miller, the center, is probably the biggest here. I'd say Cam Brown, a corner, is a pretty big deal. And then their nose guard, listed as a starter, Cage, is uh, out too. So whatever the reasons are, that's irrelevant. They're out. I think Miller at center is probably the biggest deal here. But listen, Luke, uh, what's his last name? Wilper. Wilper. It's got a weird last name. Luke W. He spent all of spring running with the ones at Ohio State. So it's not like they're going to plug in a guy who is completely green off the vine tonight. Uh, so they feel okay about him. And he was a standout in spring. So they feel okay about him. So the focus is not going to be there. My point is, the focus is going to be on C.J. Stroud tonight at quarterback. But what I want to stress, and we probably haven't spent enough time talking about this aspect, yeah, it's his first start. This is not a typical first start. All first starts are not created equal. Consider, A, how he won the job. And how he won the job was having to beat out two or three other guys who are also fully qualified to be a starting quarterback in the Big Ten. So you are taking such a fine filter on this position that whatever was left, after you filtered everything else out, pretty good chance it's going to be a stud. And number two, consider what he has around him. There are some quarterbacks who are making their first starts across the landscape of college football this week. They're going to be asked to do so much more than they really have any business being asked to do. C.J. Stroud is not in that position. Now, it does help that he has the physical tools in order to execute that kind of thing. If desperation did arise, he's got to make decisions 
That's what he's got to make. There are going to be some all-American caliber wide receivers who cannot start for Ohio State tonight. That's how deep they are. We probably get to see the first few carries of Travion Henderson's career, but Master Teague's back there. They've got a stable of backs. They probably have the best offensive line they've had in several years. That's even without their starting center. And they've got the lotus, most loaded, the Lotus Ed wide receiver room. There is what I want to say in the nation. We just make up words around here. Make good decisions. That's what he's got to do. It would very much surprise me if Ohio State's offense did not come out tonight and maybe not first drive or second drive, but it would very much surprise me if they didn't hit a groove eventually and put Minnesota in a position where you better trade points here because we're about to run off 21 or 28 of them. And if you can't keep up, well, you're going to lose and you're not going to cover and no one wants to be in that position. So uh, let's. this is not a full game breakdown. I just wanted to put this out there right quick. So let's take a look at what our model thinks about this game. As I said, Ohio State, anywhere from a two-touchdown favorite to 13.5-point favorite as we went on the air. If it's changed in the last 20 minutes, so be it. Our number uh, likes Ohio State up around 16.5. So our in-house model likes the Buckeyes minus 16.5. I'm going to roll with it. Uh, This is one of those deals where, you know, we think higher of Minnesota than the AP does. We've got them ranked. But also, there are so many ways that Ohio State can end up stretching this game to where there are far fewer ways where Minnesota has it as a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. And with games that float around this type of point spread, that's what I ask. Can you have it as a one-possession game in the fourth quarter? And it's not impossible. and wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world. It's hard for me to see it. What's easy for me to see is Ohio State getting cattle prodded to the neck early. That's easy to see because there are going to be a lot of things that have to be shaken into place for them tonight. But once it happens, and you'll know, you'll be able to see it when it happens It's really going to happen, and I think they'll end up pulling away in this game. So I'm going to take the Buckeyes to win, and we will take them to cover that 16.5. All right, so last odds and ends before we get out of here and go watch some football tonight. I just wanted to kind of go around the SEC and some things that I wanted to touch on, just kind of what I'm watching this weekend and what I encourage you to watch too. Alabama plays Miami at 3.30 Eastern time Saturday in Atlanta. A lot of talk is going to be about that offense, and I'll be watching the offense too, but I am extremely excited to watch Alabama's defense, they internally believe it's going to eventually be on par with any unit that they've had. I thought that 2015-16 unit was salty. The 2011, it's kind of in a different era already, but that 2011 unit, I mean, that's the one that barely allowed LSU past midfield in a national title game. But Will Anderson is a guy who has potential to be the best defense player in the country. And so he ironically, is going to overshadow guys like Christian Harris. Henry Toa Toa marches right in and takes a starting job. But their physicality and ball skills in their secondary, I think will be as good as you've seen in several years from Alabama. So my question, and the reason we handed out an under tonight, I'm about to circle back around to Ramen Noodle Express, so don't worry about that. I was going to put it at the front of the show. We're going to do it at the end. But the reason we're going to be on the under here is because of this very reason. It's going to be hard for Miami to move the ball. They may stun Bama early with a score, but once that Bama defense settles in, it's going to be hard for Miami to move the ball. How about Florida? What are these quarterbacks going to look like? I put an S on the end on purpose. We know about Emory Jones, and Emory Jones is going to start. Emory Jones is the starter for Florida. But they're playing Florida Atlantic. The spread's about 23-24. So you just wonder, is there going to come a time where Florida gets some margin and Anthony Richardson gets himself in this game? And then if he's in the game, how does Dan Mullen call the game? This is a good position for Florida to be in. They are not opening with Clemson. They get to open with FAU, 
And then I, th- I want to say they've got South Florida next week. They got a couple of games they're going to be heavy favorites in before they end up getting in conference play. And so I'm very interested to see Anthony Richardson because you keep hearing some rumblings. You keep hearing some whispers out of Florida's camp. And I'm, I'm just wanting to know how legitimate they are. I want to know how capable is he to where if there came a time this year where it was the third quarter and they were bogged down and the offense just had stalled, is he a guy that Dan Mullen is going to be comfortable enough rolling with during meaningful game action this year? You can, again, read the message boards all you want. It, it ultimately comes down to game time. That's when you find out what a coaching staff's really comfortable with. Ole Miss does not play until Monday night. Ole Miss overhauled their defense ever since last year. Couldn't stop molasses in December. You know the drill. So they overhauled their defense. They play Louisville Monday night. That line's been on the move. It's all the way up in the double digits now. So a lot of Ole Miss money coming in. But I am very curious to see what kind of game we have Monday night. Louisville is a very credible opponent. Is this a 48-41 a to 41 Ole Miss type win? Or is it a game where Ole Miss stretches units 48 to 24? Because all of a sudden, if that's the case, it's a one-game sample size, but it's a legitimate opponent, really well-coached Louisville team. And so it would be a situation where if, if Ole Miss is indeed able to stretch them and get some margin on them Monday night, at the very least, you start looking ahead. Because then you'd start looking ahead to the likelihood they'll be 3-0 and and coming out of a bye week when they play Bama. And if they show life defensively, then all of a sudden, I, I told you, we got them ranked. The AP doesn't have them ranked. That'll be the team. Ole Miss will be the team after week one that climbs way up because they're going to have a standalone moment. Everyone's going to watch them on Labor Day night. I think they're going to look impressive. And by default, some teams are going to lose. And so you know the old AP adage, one falls, one rises. And Ole Miss will be in your local AP Top 25 poll come Tuesday, I want to say. Tennessee. I walked in tonight. I said, Director Colin. What are you looking forward to with Tennessee tonight? Colin wants explosive plays. And the Vols kick it off in just a few minutes. He wants at least five plays of 25-plus yards. Now, uh, they're playing Bowling Green, and Tennessee's favored by 37. I want to say the team total over-unders in the low 50s. So it's possible. This is lofty, but it's possible. And Josh Heupel's not going to slow down tonight. They need all the good feels around there they can get. So, yes, they will not hesitate to run it up on Bowling Green this evening. Also, Colin wants to see what they look like along the line of scrimmage. He wants to see if they stand up. They look like an SEC team along the lines of scrimmage. I endorse everything Director Colin said. Kentucky plays Louisiana Monroe. Not a lot of you are going to be watching this game, but I encourage you to take a peek for a couple of minutes. we got a new offensive coordinator, and we have a new offense, period. It is led by a new left tackle in Dare Rosenthal and a new quarterback in Will Levis. What does Kentucky, what do they try and do? What are they really trying to do? You know they got a new coordinator, but I mean, we know what his past is. What is Mark Stoops really looking to do? You got a team here that you're favored by over four touchdowns against. Let's see if they try some things out. Let's see how different Kentucky looks. And lastly, already touched on Georgia, but have you noticed what all the talk's been about Georgia leading up to this Clemson game? All the talk about Georgia leading up to this Clemson game has been about JT Daniels, rightfully so, about the health of the wide receiver core, about which players they're going to have, which players they aren't going to have. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time Georgia went into a big game and the running back position was less focused on than the running back position has been focused on going into this Clemson game? Imagine being Zamir White. Imagine being James Cook or, or Kendall Milton or McIntosh. 
And imagine hearing people say, well, you know, if Georgia's going to win this game, i got to throw the ball to win it now. I, really? All righty. I'm not one to play the disrespect card. I'm not one to use the bulletin board material. But, man, if Georgia um, ever gets away from running the ball to win football games, it'll be the first time under Kirby Smart. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that ground game can do. Uh Saturday night in Charlotte, North Carolina. So those are some things we're looking forward to. We are, even with a late start, going to get out of here in time to get these kickoffs underway. So i got to go, um, I don't know what kind of popcorn we have. I'm going to go get me some popcorn. Thank you so much, by the way. Uh, the Sunday night show is going to be great. But before that, make sure you're following on Twitter and Instagram, at LateKickJosh. Really looking forward to a loaded weekend again. Make sure you're following those social channels and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Thanks for making this possible. For Direct Colin, our entire crew in Fort Lauderdale, I'm Josh Bate. Enjoy the games and enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here Sunday night. God bless. Most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.